0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 329 for November 25th, 2023. My prompter is not properly suited for this. I, I didn't change it. I am Marwat, production values at an all time high. That is hometown.com, and up there is the visualizer for the sentient ai that keeps a tab on all things hometown you want to say hello
1: good evening hometown citizens
0: hey i'm gonna let us know what we're gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about the highest heating bills in the united states and uh but we gave two weeks notice so it's okay and no This doesn't mean climate change is a hoax. And um, you've heard of like uh, what is black and white and red all over or something like that. How about what is 872 square feet and costs $530 a month? How about the Great Green Wall of China? Fair competition requires sustainability and enforceability. We'll talk about that. It's a more complex question discussion according to this get it honda issues recall according okay a prompt paycheck with a lot of hype already got wealth well here's some more and finally a kilo degree of milky way I'm not sure if this is going to be acceptable. My jokes for the titles, the artificial intelligence is looking at me with a, well, (laughs) they don't actually have a a body, so they're not looking at me, their sensors and the visualizer and what I see, which is a cascade of odd characters, similar to what it looks like behind me. It's kind of like the Matrixy kind of thing, but they're throwing error messages like, what the hell are you talking about?
1: <laughs> well, that'll all come clear when the articles are presented.
0: That's true. Um, so in our ongoing, uh, I guess, saga of frustration, I can't scroll the front page because I've... Um, what do you want to how do you want to refer to this i've scrubbed it for relevance as it pertains to political parties um even though when i'm getting uh, sniped by the the promotion reviewers um, they're only calling out one particular party which is quite funny and anyway um i i, I may actually lose the ability to do those because I said in an email, I guess I'm not as biased as the reviewers. Yeah, we know how
1: that's gonna go over. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that always (laughs) telling someone that they've got a political bias always goes over really well. (laughs) So (laughs) we don't even talk about it. I talk about it more because of the promotion aspect of it than I do in any other aspect of my life. I don't talk about this stuff. Why? Because it's, it's personal. It's private. It's not up to me to sit there and, you know, push a person in a particular direction. I'm not going to ever promote politics. It's just not going to happen. It's not in my nature. If you want to talk about it, that's one thing, but I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, you're wrongheaded because you're thinking about this. I may not buy you a beer and hang out with you, but (laughs) it really depends on more about your entire personality. Anyway, I'm going sidetrack as to the show, but let's get into the show itself. The very first article. Let's see, our translations are our transitions are going slow again. Um, I'm actually recording this for TikTok as well. So um, I <laughs> if you subscribe to it, it's hometown over on TikTok. Um, there's only a couple of videos there, but I've got two more episodes that uh, I need to chop up and put into um, TikTok. This will actually be the second one. But anyway, uh, the very first article is over in hometown daily. People in Missouri, Ohio, Michigan, and other Midwestern states will have the highest heating bills this winter, and this is why. And again, I could scroll across something on somebody else's site and the promotion reviewer will sit there and say, No, sorry. So if you think you're frustrated by hearing it, just wait, (laughs) wait till you have to deal with it. Residents of cities across the Midwest will be hardest hit by home heating costs this winter. A new study ranked U.S. cities based on costs in relation to incomes, energy efficiency, and more. Springfield, Missouri and Cleveland, Ohio ranked first and second so as with everything depending on what's going on in the world uh costs go up they go up dramatically probably uh, there's a little level of uh predatory pricing that's going on um i'm looking at maybe enron style monopolies on power
1: Mm -hmm. oh i thought you were talking about ERCOT, maybe
0: um well, that's a little bit too on the nose, considering what we're going to be witnessing. Um, there were thousands of dollars charged to one person, you know, w- during the, the, um, the freeze, right? People were turning on the heat and they were being charged thousands of dollars because of surge pricing, essentially. Um, which I think is freaking ridiculous. Power should not be a surge priced commodity. It shouldn't be private profit for generating something that is fundamental to society today. If everybody was just living in a cave and there were no power requirements to exist in the world today. And let me tell you, fundamentally there are then sure charge, whatever you want, because it's supposed to be, it's a luxury perceived luxury, but no, you know, I can't study for school. I can't run a business. I can't uh, water my plants because there needs to be water pressure, and I've got an electric pump because it's solar powered, but only for a portion of the time that my uh, batteries are charging. I need the grid. It's fundamental. You you cannot do anything. Anyway, so let's go over by to the way, source.
1: Cleveland, Ohio looks like it's going to get walloped by a snowstorm tomorrow.
0: Oh, but wonderful! Not
1: Springfield, Missouri—they're going to get rain.
0: Uh, right up until the weather changes dramatically, and the one suddenly turns into plus sixty degrees, and the other one drops into negative fourteen degrees, and all hell is breaking loose. And then there's all kinds of other stuff going on. Um, Eliza Rollman over at BusinessInsider.com put the article together. The takeaways here are residents of cities across the midwest will be hardest hit by home heating costs this winter a new study ranked u.s cities based on cost in relation to incomes energy efficiency and more springfield missouri and cleveland ohio ranked first and second we just heard the sentient ai describe what might be coming oh ai do you think that you could have predicted this What's going um, to be like coming?
1: High heating costs or sure. these specific cities? Yeah, all of this. Um, sure, if I have enough good data in my so database.
0: ChatGPT just made this up, you think? Oh, no, wait, it's <laughs> QSTAR. That's right. I'm waiting for something to come out about that. So according to the new study by HVAC GNOME, which I love the name <laughs> hvac gnome um a company that links up hvac specialists with customers the study ranked heating expenses in the 500 biggest cities in a country ba- in the country based on several factors including electricity heating fuel costs relative to average income home energy efficiency and things like weather and average home size and age and lo and behold um let's see here Oh, this is a really interesting video over here on the side you won't be able to see this on the podcast but there's a a video over at business insider about how plates are made from sugarcane because i just started like a deep dive into silicone um, because i'm trying to find a remedy for microplastics and silicone doesn't shed microplastics i think it might shed micro silicone <laughs> no i'm just kidding i don't know yet i'm looking into that anyway while many mid-eastern or sorry northeastern cities are as frigid in the winter months as their midwestern counterparts the region tends to have lower fuel costs uh, to income ratios and more energy efficient homes the study noted so i don't know if they're going to go into no they don't really go into um, the cities too much beyond the one and two but HVAC GNOME used data collected by a slew of sources, according to Business Insider, and I suppose HVAC GNOME, GNOME. Um, including the US Census Bureau, the Department of Energy, NOAA, Green Building Information Gateway, and Redfin. That one's an interesting one. It's a real estate company, Redfin. Um, Huh. I wonder how current the information is from the others. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. The vast majority of the top 25 cities are in the Midwest. Cleveland and Flint have uh, particularly energy inefficient homes, while Independence and St. Joseph ranked high on energy costs, the study reported. Yeah, if you're. So I
1: guess if you have high costs or if you have inefficient homes or worse, you have both,
0: you're going to be paying. Right. Yep. Right. You're going to be paying more and it's not, it's messy and time consuming to retrofit an energy inefficient home. One of the ways to do it is essentially to punch holes through the drywall or the lath um, and inject insulation into the walls. Um, if you have, uh, let's say you're in your bathroom and you turn on the faucet and the hot water pipe is absolutely freezing cold it basically means that your pipes run on the outside edge um, but inside the walls um, or run across the floor um, in the basement and there's a crawl space that's poorly insulated So if you're hot water- Or if you
1: even feel like in a room in your house is just absolutely freezing cold and it has an exterior wall, it might not be properly insulated.
0: Yep. And so you hire a company to come out and um, one of the easiest ways, although it's messy and time consuming, like I said, is to punch a bunch of holes in it and the company injects a bunch of uh, liquid foam insulation. They don't have to tear drywall off and, and put batting or anything. Um, but these little holes they you just put plugs on them you tape them mud them sand them paint them done Um, kind of a hot mess but it's in the long term benefit Um, and if it's done right then you don't have any long-term problems if it's done wrong you can end up with things like uh, mold in the walls because it traps moisture and they didn't do the job right but um, that's okay. Well, you'll have to cross that bridge when it happens. But freezing cold is bad because at some point it could go so cold that the pipes actually freeze in your walls and then they pop. Um, if they're plastic, or um, even if they're metal, um, some of the older homes have um, uh, like not die cast, but forged. Um, what is it called? Yeah, it is die cast. But metal pipes that become brittle under cold temperatures and then they break. Um, Okay, let's keep on going. Sound good? Okay, that one's already in chat. So So this next article is over in Ohm Town Daily. A three-year cruise was called off less than two weeks before departure. Called this segment, but we gave two weeks notice, so it's okay. Can you imagine planning a three-year cruise?
1: No, because that's kind of a life-changing decision, isn't it? I mean, right. because you have to put everything kind of on hold for three years. Yeah. Right? And you have to plan like Maybe that. that's where you're planning to live, for instance. Are you yep. getting rid of your apartment or your house? What's happening with your pets? Do you have family members? Uh, you know, I just... I mean, just basic things, but all of these things would be impacted by this.
0: Yeah, so I suppose the people that purchase this and and are going to do it, they're financially well off to the point where they don't have to worry about it, or they're working while they're at sea, which could be possible, wildly expensive for communications, but um, I guess suppose could be possible because you're not going to have the standard cellular Service you're gonna to have to use satellite. No, communication. and you should have
1: to pay extra for any of that on, on a cruise. On a ship,
0: yeah. Well, it gets worse than that. It isn't just that they called it off, but apparently the ship that they plan to name MV Lara and Life at Sea Cruises couldn't quite link up. They couldn't dock. They couldn't make port. <laughs> They canceled it two weeks before departure because the parent company, Murray Cruises, could not afford to buy the desired vessel, according to CNN. And we got it from Business Insider, so I'm just giving credit where everybody is due. So Marais. a little
1: curious how they did all these bookings, but okay. Since they didn't have a ship to do the cruise.
0: <laughs> they, are, they, uh, they did pre-sales so they expected to be able to buy it but i guess the fit hit the shan, and they ended up not being able to haley cuccinello um, put uh, put the article together over at businessinsider.com uh, business insider spoke with a customer who sold her house and gave away her cat ahead of the trip and the parent company just couldn't afford to buy the dev- the desired vessel by the way if you sell your house to go on this trip for three years Yeah, that dead silence amounts (laughs) to the AI. I'm
1: thinking about what happens at the end of the three years.
0: (laughs) The AI is basically throwing error message like, uh, what do you do? So as a human, I know that you're an AI, you can just power down it's fine. But a human will have to reacquire a mortgage. And if they own that house prior to the interest rate climb they're going from sub three percent interest rate probably to over eight percent interest rate <laughs> that adds. well they
1: also have another problem because they're now losing mortgage history by going on the cruise i mean here they're not obviously but Yep.
0: Yeah. this is a, it's fascinating so Life at Sea Cruises has failed to live up to its name. Its first ever three year long cruise with a 140 city itinerary has been canceled, according to CNN and again, Business Insider. Um, so let me pause this. I don't think this has anything to do with it. Um, Murray is not such a big company to afford to pay 40 to 50 million for a ship, said Murray Cruises CEO uh, Vedette uh, Agurlu. So. I'm sorry, in the memo, Um, then you don't make promises. You don't say you're gonna do it. You basically have to, (laughs) this doesn't make any sense.
1: I mean, did they think it was, I'm just making up a number. Did they think they were gonna be able to buy it, say for 20 million or something? And then it was actually 40 million or did they not get the right ship and then they had to go find another one? I mean, something seems off here.
0: They said that they started facing challenges because the investors started backing out. According to a memo previously obtained by business insider, a girl Yeah. A girl um, or a a, a girl I don't know how to pronounce that. A girl, um, attributed the withdrawals to unrest in the middle East in the letter, announcing the cancellation. Why would investors, I mean, if you're just, Docking somewhere and there's hostilities, don't dock there. Go somewhere else.
1: Right. If you I do that, going, I think it was going around the world. So. Uh,
0: well, three years, 140 stops. The three year package costs over $115,500 per person. Less alarming when considering the average American household spent $73,000 last year on what? Three years of. on what?
1: i don't know i mean is that i mean that's obviously not somebody's mortgage but is it on maybe that's their entire and other things like living existence would be covered on the cruise.
0: i suppose
1: so actually maybe that's a bargain compared to regular living expenses at least in the u.s
0: and you get to go everywhere else you know during this time So the cabin registration form on the company's website is still open as of 3.45 p.m. on November 24th. (laughs) Go ahead. Murray Cruise is planned.
1: Wow, can you imagine people are still signing up for it?
0: They just hit enter and then an email comes immediately. Hey, thanks for the $115,000, but this cruise is canceled. And we have an early cancellation fee of $115,000. So. Now, I don't know. Uh, Obviously, they're going to have to give back the money. Um, It says, but many customers have sold their homes in preparation for the track, including Carrie Whitman, a marketing executive in Cincinnati. She told Business Insider that the cruise was an opportunity for her to see the world without taking many time consuming flights. True. Using the vessel's Starlink connectivity. She could have run her firm, Clever Lucy, from anywhere. This is really good marketing for her, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's just hard to switch your brain from thinking you have the next three years planned to to, having to figure it all out. Yep, she's going to have to move into a tiny home. um, Unless she wants to pay 8% interest on a house that she previously had owned for three. Whitman is determined to find another way to be a digital nomad in 2024, but hasn't figured it out yet. She could book a bundle of cruises, but few have Starlink, so she wouldn't be able to work. Yeah, that is a problem with a a digital nomad hops from place to place around the world, but usually they become. um, They
1: land based for a period of time.
0: Yeah, they're kind (laughs) of anchored, but they know what's there because digital nomads tend to communicate with each other so that they can say, hey, you uh stop by this coffee shop and they've got you know, really good secure internet or if you hang out next to this place you can tap into their internet or something like that so uh, life at sea cruises isn't the only residential uh, cruise company navigating choppy waters the startup storylines founded seven years ago has yet to find a ship either there is only one residential ship in operation the world where condos sell for up to 15 million dollars
1: so I think the PSA here is that if you're planning to go on a long-term cruise, check to see if they've actually completed a long-term cruise first.
0: Yeah, they've got a ship as well. Make sure that they've got a ship. I know when I am about to uh, take drive home from the lot at the...
1: Uh, the Car dealership? The...
0: the the, the car lot, yeah, the automotive lot. um I know that I just write the check and then three hours later. Any cars on the
1: lot. <laughs> no,
0: I just say, this is what I want. And they go, yeah, sure, we got it. And you just have to hang out. And then three hours later, they go, sorry, dude, we don't have any cars. <laughs> <laughs> but I traded in my more, car uh,
1: legitimate than you might recognize <laughs>
0: <laughs> I traded in With my the car
1: current state of inventory
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter right 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 well I think that's actually turning around nowadays but I don't know let's keep going uh, the next article is over in technology today snowpocalypse now Anchorage smashes snowfall records I hear people telling me right now Uh, Oh, wait, I got to do this. Yes, this coming in. uh, No, that doesn't mean that climate change is a hoax. Um, Yeah, I know that you can't hear me because your head is ensconced in a cave somewhere. Okay. Anyway, the Alaskan city of Anchorage received record snowfall in November 2023. Uh, Winter weather arrived in force in south central Alaska in 2023. So let's check this out. Oh, wait, before I do that, let's throw this into the chat. Uh, Lindsey Dorman, uh, NASA Earth Observatory, put the article together. Um, We were watching the rise and fall of the ice, uh, of glaciers, basically. And uh, we were gonna talk about one breaking free yesterday. But it, I I swapped it out for something else. Like the largest. How big was that thing? I
1: can't remember. Uh, I think it's the largest ever.
0: Ever, yeah. Was it and the it the one had, that
1: broke off of Antarctica?
0: Yeah. Apparently it had been sitting. It was connected to the seafloor for something like 30 years. And it snapped off and start, started moving. Where the hell is this thing going? If it parks in San Diego, I'm going to chuckle. Um <laughs> So, Alaskan city of Anchorage received record snowfall in November. The article again is over at um, SciTech Daily. The link is in chat, so you can go and hang out over there. Here at uh, a Twitch or go over to YouTube. Or uh, soon, I'm going to be posting stuff to TikTok with regularity. Now that I've got my workflow all in play, um, and uh, we have a Discord where you can submit links uh, easier than logging into the website and and or sending an email you can send an email but who the hell does email anymore I mean people are texting me now for communication it's so brief now I just get a text that says help um anyway satellite images show drastic changes yes uh I don't know if they have many of the images here but on the site you'll be able to see them I'm kind of air gapped so Intense snowstorms and their impact. How much snow, about 20 inches, fell during a storm lasting from November 8th to 10th. The new uh, daily snowfall records for November 8th and 9th were set during that storm. It caused power outages, treacherous road conditions, and office closures, according to news reports. Another storm, which dropped nearly nine more inches on November 13th, added to the challenging conditions and prompted schools to switch to remote learning for several days. Wait, the previous 20 inches didn't force them to?
1: This is Alaska. People are tough. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> should so. Have. In any other location, it probably would have shut down.
0: Man, it rained a little and people are like, eh, uh, online learning. It works. Um, So extreme snowfall in mountainous ranges. It's Alaska. Of course, it's going to have extreme. 76 inches fell in the Rocky Mountains.
1: In
0: a 24-hour period yeah that's pretty amazing yeah still holds the top spot from april 1921 when 76 inches 72 inches fell on november 8th <laughs> thompson pass in the i guess Chugach, chugok maybe mountains about 140 miles east of anchorage reportedly received 72 inches of new snow on November 8th <laughs> one it's of the s snow
1: beat that record
0: yep yeah. just barely oh you know anchorage do you think is really anybody
1: exciting. was out there like oh we're about to pass the record oh.
0: <laughs> come on snowpocalypse end it all ah. They were acquired, all of this information, apparently the images and and other uh, data was acquired by the MODIS or the Moderate Resolution Imaging Spectroradiometer on NASA's Aqua satellite on October 26th. And there's images that you'll be able to access when you follow the link through HomeTown. It's these here, um, but you'll be able to see more stuff when you go through the um, links. Again, I'm kind of air-gapped. Got to protect the sentient AI from outside. Well, actually, I have to protect outside from the sentient AI. You think that Q-star is a problem.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should look at the code that my sentient AI has. That's okay. Let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in Omtown Daily. This apartment building is being 3D printed in Europe, and rent won't be more than $530 a month for an 872 square foot unit. If it wasn't for the Do fact we think that it's,
1: it's an actual full apartment unit,
0: no, <laughs> it's a three floor though. So let's uh, let's just go straight on over to Business Insider. That's where this is from. Brittany Chang is the author. Now this is a render. That's not the legit actual unit, but Perry 3D construction is now printing part of an affordable apartment building in Germany as seen in this rendering. They have a picture of it. Um, Perry unit or sorry, Perry 3D construction is 3D printing part of a three floor, six unit affordable apartment uh, building in Germany. The max rent is going to be between 398 to $528, depending on the size of the unit guess size matters. Uh, The first residents could move into their 3D printed home in October 2024. Yeah, the sentient AI did not think that was funny. So the project is on track to become Europe's first public. You know, the sentient AI doesn't even have eyes, but even I heard those eyes roll back. (laughs) this project is on track to become europe's first publicly funded 3d printed apartment building according to the company i think i I don't think this is europe's first i think this is like a world first apartment multi-level
1: uh yeah i haven't seen any articles about apartment buildings we've seen individual homes we've seen um
0: like commercial space
1: housing like but individual spots
0: um, yeah in one floor right i've never seen even a two-floor 3d printed now i'm really curious i'll have to look because everything that i see has always been one level i know that they have the ability like they print the walls to a second floor but the 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 floor and the ceiling right doesn't get 3d printed so i don't know if i've ever seen a second floor 3d printed so now i think i have i'm gonna to have to root around so the three floor six unit building will span about seven thousand seven square feet so i i dig this already because if this actually does push the limit for multi-level 3d printing basically no holds barred we should be 3d printing uh, everything from now on, it's much more structurally sound than timber framed housing. It, it doesn't make any economic sense anymore to make timber framed houses. Right,
1: this could solve a lot of problems if this is successful.
0: Yep. So basically, you just set the gantry up and tell it to print X, Y, and Z, literally X, Y, and Z. Um, so I love this. Um, and here we have it. The interior walls will be automatically smooth to ease the plastering process, according to the company. Look at that, man. Everything, it looks like it's gonna be just a brilliant, this is what a lot of people that i talk to and by a lot of people, just a handful, because I don't really talk that much about 3D printing with large groups of people. But uh, when I do, uh, the people say, well, what about, you know the lines and stuff like that and i say it can be smoothed out um while it's still curing but some people and uh, call it a badge of honor because their house was 3d printed so they don't really have a problem with it and it's kind of like a stucco um texture if you didn't know that it was 3d printed you'd think that somebody made it that way intentionally and essentially it was so the the team began construction in september and is predicting a total print time of less than 100 hours so when did this actually go public i'm really curious about this article now november 25th so huh i'm curious when this why it says it's september and 100 hours so it's doing it in little fits
1: I don't know if you scroll down.
0: I oh, I'm sorry. I'm um, so only the walls of the first and second floor are being 3d printed. The top floor will be constructed using a hybrid timber construction method. There we go. So we, we still have that problem. We can't print uh, floors and ceilings um, mainly because the, it has to be reinforced and there's no way to 3d print the reinforcement with like a rebar and stuff like that, uh, because the walls can be reinforced with rebar and, and concrete poured inside the walls. Um, but they're normally wide enough that you don't need to reinforce them that way because they're one contiguous wall and there is no reinforcement needed. Um, but you can still just put rebar down in there and then fill it up with cement. So the North Rhine-Westphalia government is tapping into two investment pools to fund the project, which costs 1.9 million uh, euro, or just over 2 million US dollars. Um, Perry 3D Constructions Managing Director, Fabian Meyer-Brotz, uh, believes the tech can already be used across, used across modern construction sites, and especially for social housing projects. I really don't, I don't want that categorization because it makes it come across as if this is housing for the poor. That's not what this is. It is a socially responsible uh, means of constructing long-term housing. And if we as a society buy into the ideology that we can plop down, look how wide these damn walls are. I mean, the house is soundproof, weatherproof, uh, resistant well when I say weatherproof I'm talking like hurricanes tornadoes aren't going to blow this thing over um probably goes
1: well in earthquakes
0: insulation is nothing it it just has a a, a wonderful long-term viability standard wooden con- timber framing it breathes it swells and contracts in the heat it literally tears itself apart Over time, nails pop out of walls because the house and the wind is swaying and all. It's just ridiculous that we've done this for this long and not leaned hardcore into 3D printing of houses. So in the face of global crisis in affordable and safe housing, 3D printing proponents believe the construction tech could build more natural disaster resistant homes while decreasing the speed and cost of home building. There you go. See, I could be the cheerleader for 3D printing homes. If only I wanted to do the, like the same thing, like constantly. I don't know.
1: You don't, though.
0: I don't. Um. So, okay. Let's move on to the next article. But remember this, okay? This is a 3D printed house. Each unit, let's say, is 872 square feet and it's $530 a month. Now, technically these would fall in the tiny home category, okay? But if you were to put all of these units together, this would be a 7,700 foot home. And although there's six units, it would cost $3,000 a month. So.
1: Well, but. Average apartment size um, in the U.S. is actually, I know this is not in the U.S., but it's yep. 882 square feet.
0: Yep. Yep, it's sub-1,000 feet. I knew that. Um, so it's basically the same thing, but the average rent in the United States is, I think, somewhere around $1,500.
1: I think it's higher than that now. But, yes, it's definitely way above what this is.
0: Yeah. Yeah because there's there's difference between median and mean you know the average is one thing but the median in uh, metropolitan areas it's like four thousand dollars but
1: yeah like it's 1372 but that's including like wyoming and new york city (laughs)
0: exactly yeah so interesting right very very interesting this would be twice the size of a home in standard America for the same mortgage price. So you get twice as much. Um, (laughs) So I I think I want to move to Germany and just rent this whole thing. And each room could be a studio for a show for hometown it's only six but there we go let's keep going uh the next article is over in uh, technology today and it's the great green wall china's fight against and this word is always weird to say it's not desertification it's desertification (laughs)
1: Right. Desertification would be something like lots of cake,
0: (laughs) going to the cheesecake factory and eating everything flanked by mountain ranges on three sides. The basin in Northwestern China sees frequent dust storms, the Taklamakan desert located in China's Tarim basin, apparently is the home of a project to try and stop desertification desertification. Sorry. I threw in an extra S and now I'm hungry. Adam Voiland from the NASA Earth Observatory put the article together. Yeah. How many storms did you know? uh, Not storms. How many deserts did you know were in China? Every time I see anything associated with China, I think it's green and lush. And this must be it. Uh, Honestly, I guess I'm a little ignorant about that. So um, it's the most barren expanses on earth. It's one of the driest, most barren expanses on earth, flanked by mountain ranges on three sides. In fact, many parts of it receive uh, between 10 and 40 millimeters, less than two inches of rain per year. So to combat the spread of deserts and reduce the number of dust storms, Chinese authorities have engaged in tree planting campaign to establish forests along the edges of the Taklamakan and Gobi deserts. Um, the project called the three North shelter belt or the great green wall began in 1978. Never heard that until today. Since then, tens of billions of trees have been planted. The aim is to plant around 100 billion by 2050. I think India is doing the same thing, um, to stop the same thing. And I think the whole world should, we should try and reverse, um, (laughs) desertification, (laughs) got to say it right otherwise i crave strawberry cheesecake um there isn't much to this article uh, but honestly you'll have to follow the links because there's links that are embedded in this Uh, i a project that existed and started in 1978 and persists to 2050 um and i've never heard of it so i knew about the Gobi desert but taklamakan i'm not sure it might be the Clamican. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Let's keep going. Did you want to say anything to this?
1: No, I don't have anything on this one.
0: I like how they labeled this dust.
1: <laughs> exactly. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> That's right.
0: I had no idea. Maybe it was like a dirt river. Um, so the next article is over in Law Nerd. States are quietly stepping up antitrust enforcement to ensure fair competition. Doesn't even have much um, in terms of uh, uh, an article. Um, I'll have to remedy that. The aggregator must have kind of munched I mean this. Yeah, not even a snippet. So the article is actually over at ABA Journal. Ben Brody is the author. They have this huge picture of what looks like a balloon and then a little balloon sitting on top of the big balloon. Um, and uh, this is actually is an older article, but it must have been updated uh, because it references October. So, in September 2022, California Attorney General Rob Bonta sued Amazon, alleging the company's pricing policy for third-party merchants undermines competition and raises prices for consumers everywhere. Let me cut to the chase. They have a a required contract that if you sell through Amazon, you can't sell at a lower price anywhere else. Does this sound familiar? Walmart. Walmart, there you go. So these are antitrust contracts because if I so, see, it even says it right here. The suit filed in state superior court claims that in order to sell through Amazon, everyday sellers must sign everyday sellers must sign agreements that they won't charge lower prices on competing e-commerce sites such as Walmart. But Walmart does the exact same thing. If you enter into a supplier agreement with Walmart, their agreement says that you won't sell anywhere else. And if you do, they have to get paid back the difference for all of the products that were sold Um, that is my understanding of the contracts and you can be punted from Walmart if you, if, if you're a smart ass about it. So if they violate the contracts, the sellers face less prominent placement and even getting risk booted from the, um, selling new wares on Amazon. This is probably the worst one. It's kind of like getting lower hours because you call in sick one day, you know, and, and instead of just going, okay, you're sick. Um, they punish you because of a natural process that every human, uh, it lacks compassion and understanding of the context. It's, it's an asshole move. Really? Let me just say it that way. So it says we won't allow Amazon to bend the market to its will, but what are you going to do? Where are you going to sell You have no bargaining power.
1: Well, right. And as a seller, you want to be on Amazon because you have a large audience like where I mean, you're not going to go, oh, well, I'm not going to sell on Amazon.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Etsy. Good luck getting found on Etsy. I mean, the the discoverability on Etsy is just you have to go everywhere else and draw people into your Etsy store. Some people have that ability. I certainly don't. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's quite amazing. You know, I, I recommend people do certain things, but I just, I, I don't follow my own advice. Um, they find success. I just can't sit there and sell people on something. Um, so this is really interesting because if I wanna sell on Amazon, all I have to do is do the agreement and then search leads people to me because everybody is searching for something on Amazon. It's it's harder to find what you're looking for on something like Etsy. Um, and you're not gonna find everything on Etsy. I don't know very many people that are selling red vines on Etsy.
1: <laughs> not last time I checked.
0: Yeah, so the effects of new power. Businesses now need to pay more attention to states, state attorneys general says attorney Mark Herring, who served as Virginia attorney. There are going to be a lot more microscopes on corporate activity. As a result, legal experts say companies and lawyers defending them will be dealing with more and faster pretrial processes, as well as potentially divergent rulings about discovery, summary judgment, and more. Um, this site ABA journal is speaking to attorneys about attorney stuff. Um, but what this really amounts to is, a, is the actions that somebody starts attorney general um, brings against companies are going to have a whole lot more paperwork and the companies need to be ready to file the paperwork as a response. Um, And who knows what the real ramification is, but I can tell you one thing, this is going to raise the bar of compliance, which means that smaller mom and pop shops won't be able to compete with this. Only megacorporations can handle this kind of a process. So in the attempt to solve the problem with Amazon, you're going to create a stressor for mom and pop shops.
1: Yeah. And I find it fascinating that the example they gave was not selling to Walmart when Walmart is one of the similar um, exactly. (laughs) Yeah
0: unless they've done away with it you know in the last five years i i think that they still have that same type of verbiage so i don't know maybe i'll i don't know if i know anybody that actually works in corporate walmart Hmm. anyway um it says here but marquis who has worked on the federal government as well as for uh, the attorney general of massachusetts and virginia is one of many who say the new law allowing states to stay in their Preferred venues likely means swifter resolutions, which could lead to rushed judgments. Our key points out uh, points to a massive evolving multi-district antitrust litigation against generic drug makers as an example of what the new law would expedite. The matter is still pending in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, despite states having sued in 2016. Although it's a complex case, Marquis estimates it might have taken as little as two years to resolve if states were the only plaintiffs. So you're talking about a substantially less protracted litigation, according to this. Um, let's see. There's always more in this. And like I said, this is actually speaking to attorneys about attorney stuff. I really probably just... Should have named this just attorney stuff. Um, (laughs)
1: Attorneys talking to attorneys about attorney stuff.
0: Yeah, there you go. It's kind of like that. uh, This is a two-party discussion and you're a party of the third part. (laughs) Um, The U.S. Supreme Court followed suit with big wins for corporate defendants in cases such as Verizon Communication Incorporated v. Law Offices of Curtis v. Trinko in 2004. In that dispute, a law firm filed a class action claiming That the phone's carrier discrimination treatment of some local competitors networks and those networks customers violated antitrust laws the high court took the opportunity in its decision to narrow its jurisprudence on when firms have to share their own property as a way to ensure competitive markets interesting right hey we'll lower our competitive advantage just so that we can stay uh, true of the law, but the law is interpretive. So when a company sits there and clamps down on what could be what they feel is abuse, IE they're selling on Amazon saying that this is our best lowest price for you. And then they go somewhere else and say to somebody else, that's our best lowest price. The problem that I have with this though, is that, a mega corporation like this will do the opposite and say for you our price is five dollars per unit but I want right. that company over there too so I'm going to give them four dollars and fifty cents you know so yeah, why so can't it be
1: desperate treatment in both directions right
0: and it could be as nepotistic as the CEO or the selling agent is friends with the CEO or selling agent of the other company, but you don't know about that. You only know about a small seller trying to gain advantage and they're not competing with Amazon. They're competing with everybody else. That's all they want is to be put as far across the globe as possible. And if, walmart won't take my product unless i give them a slightly lower price why can't that be my competitive advantage yes i'm still willing and able to sell my product for x lower than that person over there so the article goes into greater detail one state minnesota is looking at adding an abuse of dominance standard that would allow the state to go after companies with higher market share which basically means that every other company is going to be on the hook uh, for not abusing small mom and pop shops that actually will come into play when we get to another article so keep that in mind along with the that rent price for 3d housing because this all is kind of stacking on top about strategic advantage business operations ethics um we'll talk about this so it says here, um, towards the end, there's still a conversation about whether or not this is a momentary blip. She says, this is, um, Trish Connors, I think a shareholder, right? No further. Oh yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I can't even get into this. I'll pro- that right there will probably get me dinged. Oh, well, um, let's just move on. This is Level of friction for this article is going to be a pain point. So the next article um, is over in Hatch Ideas. That's because it's about business, and this is our PSA for the day. Normally we have one for each episode, but <laughs> we try at least. Honda recall select Accords and HRVs over missing piece in seat belt pretensioners. I, enabled, I named this section according to this. Get it? According. according uh, I didn't Honda, pick I should,
1: up on that when you were given the article titles. At
0: the yeah, beginning. I know. Because, well, I mean, you didn't know this article was going to be in there. Anyway, Honda's recalling select 2023-2024 Accord and HRV vehicles do a missing piece in the front seatbelt pretensioners. I guess this, if you get in an accident and you have escape velocity, the seatbelt may allow you
1: to escape <laughs> may not act as a seatbelt. It's
0: <laughs> it's pretensioned like a, a steel beam so honda is recalling select 2023 2024 accords and hrv vehicles due to missing piece in the front seat belt pretensioners which could increase injury risk during a crash um let me get that that's
1: kind of why yeah. most people want a seatbelt in place
0: the, because it's pretensioned
1: <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: shouldn't be making light of this the nhtsa credited the issue to an error made during assembly more than 300,000 accords and hrvs are potentially affected as of november 16th honda had received seven warranty claims but no reports of injuries or deaths uh, to the faulty due to the uh, related to the faulty pretensioners according to documents published by the nhtsa so there what isn't much point out
1: on another article. You don't always know what, what does,
0: yeah know, casualties
1: demise. in an accident. Yeah.
0: Yep. Exactly. Casualties. Yeah. Injuries. Yeah. Harm. You You just never know. And, and if it's just an incident, they may not actually do a forensic analysis. And then another one happens and then another one happens. And if they're all isolated, the NHTSA eventually goes, Oh, so, I guess right now the threshold is somewhere around 7 looking out from the outside in, you know? Uh, maybe 70 warranty claims are the <laughs> the threshold.
1: Well, that's a good threshold in terms of it's pretty low and that's a PSA too to people that if you have a problem with your vehicle, report, report it. it because yeah. probably people don't report it if they don't have a significant Secrets. impact from it. Yeah, but exactly.
0: So, and, and that seven warranty claims without any injuries or deaths. I think they probably take a more active role when there's a death involved. So, let's keep on hustling through the articles. Man, if that last article, because that one word.
1: Wait a second. They're not even going to notify people until January.
0: Oh, sorry. We just backed up a little bit. Yeah, I should have said that. Notification letters will be sent via mail to registered owners of the affected vehicles starting January 8th, 2024. So our PSA is beating no
1: accidents before then.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Please everybody drive safe. What kind of goofy, whatever is that? I mean, it, it doesn't take much to just start sending letters to people, right? Do I not know something? Well, I know that I don't know some things, but for crying out loud, it's a mail merge folks. I, Just
1: I was going to say they've sent out other recalls and other, uh, issue notices, replace the, the part and send it out to all your. Yeah.
0: All of the dealers the
1: starting point, right?
0: Yeah. Contact all of the dealers that have received these vehicles and go, Hey, we kind of, uh, the pretensioner, you know, widget machine ran out and we have up to 300,000 of these. Mm. OK, let's do that again. Uh, the next article is over in hometown Daily. Prompt engineer is one of the hot jobs AI is creating. And I titled this one a prompt paycheck with a lot of hype. So whenever you hear about prompt engineer, you hear the pinnacle of price. So the salary, everybody talks, oh, it's almost $400,000. No, no, just no. AI is already creating new jobs despite being the new thing in tech, from prompt engineers to AI auditors. Companies are seeking workers who can use the new tech and job platforms are seeing a rise in adverts for AI-related roles. Let's go over to Business Insider. Um, Beatrice Nolan is the author, uh, here at Business Insider. Uh, I guess they're the one that promptly engineered this article. <laughs> um, so it says, uh, AI may be coming for some jobs, but it's also creating new employment too. Only humans talk about this kind of stuff. The demise of an entire sector as well, humans will figure out some other job to do right like horses got phased out steam engines got phased out all kinds of stuff gets phased out because why it's not something that you need and not something that i'm sorry oh if everybody could have seen the visualizer from the uh sentient ai my goodness um okay so anyway all kinds of stuff gets phased out
1: horses get new jobs right
0: correct yeah
1: yeah i'm not comparing people to human i mean people to humans uh people
0: to horses i don't know some people have really long faces um so adverts for ai related roles for example are already increasing across job websites and this is kind of the goofiest thing ever i think karim kimbrough chief economist at linkedin told business insider that conversations about ai had spiked on the platform over the past year it has nothing to do with jobs really other than AI is taking jobs. But the silliest thing that I can possibly imagine is prompt engineer, prompt crafting, generative artificial intelligence, chat GPT. Those are all terms that are being searched, but prompt engineering is something that takes a minuscule amount of knowledge. You understand the syntax for chat GPT or mid journey or whatever the AI is, and then you craft instruction or inquisition, whatever it might be. LinkedIn said that there had been a 60% increase in mentions. Yeah, because people are talking about it on LinkedIn, but they're not sitting there saying, hey, everybody is making $375,000. And I've heard this before, and it's in this article as well. And that's because there's like one job out there for $375,000 and you probably have to be a PhD. I don't know. I haven't looked on it at it. Um, but it says some of these roles have salaries as high as $375,000 and don't always require tech degrees. No, usually when you're talking about AI while you have to have some tech understanding, they're also looking for sociologists, anthropologists, psychologists, um, people that understand the human condition and can leverage that understanding in a technical environment to, I hate using this word, but to groom an AI to be a better human because it takes time. It takes consideration of the outputs from the previous interactions with the AI. So when they say $375,000, no, this is the anomaly and I'm not even sure what they're asking for. I can say that the average kind of gig here is somewhere sub $60,000. You're not going to find people without a tech degree, without tech skills, without a, an advanced degree, PhD making 375, sitting at a coffee shop, prompting, generating prompts using an AI for discussion with an AI. Sounds
1: like a good job to have.
0: It would be nice. Analysts at Edzuna also saw an increase in job listings for AI ethics officers, the smallest chapter in every corporation. Um, Chief AI officers, AI auditors, AI trainers, machine managers, machine learning engineers, workers who are notably in sharp, short supply even after the ai boom also saw an average salary increase from october last year yeah there and a lot of people think that they understand ai but once you peel back the layers you're on the inside it's a completely different animal it isn't just typing in a bunch of prompts by the way Hmm.
1: this source of the 375,000 was a specific job listing Mm -hmm. for anthropic which is an ai Uh, Competitor to, and it was a prompt engineer and librarian. Um, What were the like? Maybe more technical than. um,
0: What? What was the academic requirement? I'm really curious.
1: Let me see if I can get to it.
0: Okay.
1: I can't get to it because there's a paywall.
0: Oh, what up?
1: Sorry. All
0: right. Well, let's keep going uh the next article is over in hometown daily New York City will pay homeowners up to 395 thousand dollars to build an extra dwelling in their garage or basement to help ease the housing shortage I titled this segment already got wealth well here's some more now couple that with printing 3D well 3D printing apartments 875 square feet, 530 bucks a month. And it could be massive in scale. It only has to be three stories. Fine. Three stories. Create row after row of these things on the outskirts of New York, not in New York City, because inside New York City, it's nearly impossible to acquire land at a reasonable cost. And then focus on infiltration and exfiltration of humans in and out of new york city proper you know i mean there's new york city in manhattan um but new york state is much bigger than just manhattan so it has <laughs> huge tracts of land that could still hold people it doesn't have to be in manhattan so new york city unveiled a pilot program to help homeowners By the way, across the United States, um, 60% of the population apparently own their property. I think it's somewhere around 66%. So 33% rent. Of those 60%, 66% that own their property, right, that are renting, that's what I'm, what I meant to say was that they are renting. So if somebody is renting something out, right, the landlord, 66% of landlords own their property, but only 7% of them are the mom and pop. If I. Oh,
1: right. I mean, they're like large companies or something.
0: Right. So. In something like this, if somebody is going to be renting it out and they're a homeowner, they already have the wealth that's required for them to be a homeowner. How many properties can $395,000 make if it's 3D printed on the outskirts of New York City?
1: We don't know because we haven't really seen. Oh, no, that's not true we saw the cost of the project, right? It was 2 yeah. million
0: dollars or something. 2 million US dollars. So this $395,000 going to one person for one dwelling for one occupant. If you multiply this times 10, you have twice as That'd many Go ahead.
1: 6 million times the 15, let's say. So you could buy three you could make
0: three of those that each house six people i think right so it's much more efficient to 3d print a bunch of three-story six-unit dwellings appropriate basically for anybody forever because they're not going to deteriorate like a timber framed house but this is going to give four hundred thousand dollars one person to build one dwelling
1: well let's remember too this isn't a house this is like conversion of a garage or
0: something right yeah and I didn't even consider that because it's going to be a separate dwelling it'll have to be permitted for occupancy it'll have to be uh, up to code arguably I think this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. So let me throw, um, Oh, I didn't throw the previous article into the chat. There you go, folks. Sorry about that. Um, and here is the New York is willing to pay people $400,000 to build something in their garage. I can do that. Um, Elisa Relman is the, but I, I like my garage. Um, so, uh, Aliza Relman over at Business Insider put the article together. This is not what they are talking about. An ecological living module, a 22 square meter tiny house, is displayed at the United Nations headquarters in New York, July 16, 2018. That's the picture here at the uh, at Business Insider. The problem with this is this thing would be priced all by itself easily $250,000. This little thing.
1: Right. Now part of that might be because of the um land it's on, or do you mean just for the dwelling?
0: Just the dwelling being permitted and placed um in and and installed, not the land. Um, it would probably be about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Why? Because they call themselves luxury and cutting edge and all of this stuff. But a 3D printer you plop that gantry down you fill its hopper with cement you tell it to print the damn building it prints the damn building you're done
1: is that the command that you give it
0: yes q star print the damn building
1: <laughs> watch out i might be able to do it
0: <laughs> watch siri activate
1: dear god
0: it's all one and the same it's already spread New York city just unveiled its newest effort, which will hand 15 homeowners. So we've already hit the limit. We've gone twice over. It's only 15 homeowners up to $400,000 to build an additional apartment. This could mean an extra unit in a garage, basement, attic, or tiny home in the backyard. The idea is to boost housing density in a, in a, in a city in desperate need of new housing. Why look, 15 homeowners, let's say the price converts to 2 million in the United States. The Germany effort, right? Comes over to the United States, it stays at $2 million. You multiply this times 15, let's just round it, let's just round it to 10, and you have $4 million, which means you could build 12 units and they only cost $580 a month each one of the units because the other one was six for two million we have four million and we and we'll have actually
1: six million but
0: it would be six million yes wait what no the other place was two million for six units and this is 15 so it would be six million right is that what you're saying yeah Yeah, the
1: price times 15 would be six million
0: the AI is checking me I'm sorry I'm sorry
1: It's roughly six million.
0: Yeah, so you could get 18 units. Correct. For the same price as 15 units that is actually holding it hostage because they're only available from that homeowner. And what's gonna stop them from just ramping up the price through the roof?
1: Well, right, that was the other benefit of the project, right? Is that the rent was effectively controlled. Yeah. But. We don't know what's going to happen here.
0: And they're framing it as it can't be rented out for more than $2,600. I think there's
1: a better deal in Germany.
0: See what I'm saying? I think that this is unethical. I think this is immoral. I think that this is taking a private I mean, a taxpayer wealth and giving it to private property owners who are going to rent it out for that price. I think it's ridiculous. This whole plus one thing, this was being done in California as well. Yeah, this is dumb. I don't like anything about this because it's giving basically a grant to private property owners that already have the ability to afford their property. If they want to do a conversion, then do a conversion, but don't sit there and make taxpayers pay it so that they can profit privately.
1: Right, because how many of these are going to end up as essentially Airbnbs?
0: Eventually, right? Once they fall off the radar enough, right? Yeah, so the effort is part of the city's sweeping new housing reform proposal. Well, you know what? Build more bridges in and out of Manhattan, build more infrastructure to support extending the city out into more rural areas because people crave being part of the city. People crave being part of community, but they also need to uh, be able to afford it and being basically an indentured servant, because you have to pay $2,600 a month for a garage sized apartment in somebody else's house is ridiculous in the 21st century. It's so dystopian and it's taking private money, taxpayer money, right? It became, it goes from private to public and now it's going to private, but it's a it's a wealth exchange. It's, it's taking it from me as a taxpayer and giving it to some other taxpayer and they're profiting from my taxpayer dollars. I think it's ridiculous. So I don't know. I, This is something that I guess we'll keep on watching and and talking about it, but it says New York city is facing an especially severe housing affordability crisis. Well, this isn't really helping because they don't have to stick to that. $2,600 is ridiculous for a 20 by 20.
1: Right. If they really wanted to fix the housing crisis, they'd be looking at things like the 3d printing or they'd be capping the rent at something like $500, which I know sounds laughable in New York
0: yeah, just rent control this stuff. I mean, it used to be in vogue. And now it's not. Why? Because regulatory capture. So uh, I, I think it's ridiculous that they're doing this. But let's keep going. We got one more article. This is a kilo degree of Milky Way. Kids in the sky, new stellar system discovered by kilo degree survey. Astronomers have discovered a new stellar system in the outskirts of the Milky Way as part of the Kilo Degree Survey, or KIDS. The newfound system, named Sexton's 2, is most likely an ultra-faint dwarf galaxy. The finding is reported in a paper published on November 10th uh, in the preprint, pre-print server archive. Um, so this article is over at fizz.org. It's put together by... Uh, I can only... Think that their name is pronounced Thomas, Thomas Nowakowski from fizz.org. Uh, and um, essentially, what ended up happening was the kids is a multi band photometric survey utilizing the VLT survey telescope in Paranal Observatory in Chile. It's actually a mountain, um, um a observatory called Paranal, it's a mountain called Paranal. Um, and uh, since 2011 the survey has been mapping 1350 square degrees of the night sky in four broadband filters Um, for this to make sense you have to understand that light isn't just a straight line it's actually an arc and so they're scanning a certain area that is to them 1350 square degrees and everything is in an arc second so you know each one degree, they scan, then they scoot over a little bit, scoot over a little bit and they grab so it's as much,
1: like a panoramic.
0: that's exactly what it is. And this is what it would be like because they scan across this, they find a target, then they can refocus and dig a little deeper. Although KIDS is focused on the assembly of large-scale structures in the universe, it may also detect low-surface brightness extragalactic stellar systems, basically stuff that's fainter but it's getting picked up slightly. They can actually refocus and look at it again. Um, That's why the team of astronomers led by Massimiliano Gatto of the Astronomical Observatory and capodimonte in, uh, it might be, Capodimonte um, in Naples, Italy, um, decided to conduct a large scale search for unknown faint stellar systems with kids. For this purpose, they looked for low luminosity stellar overdensities in the kids' latest data release, DR4, which brought promising results. I think hooking this up to AI and automating this process would be fantastic use of AI. Because it would be able to scan the data deeper than human observation um, or automated, uh, like standard mathematical observation. And AI would be able to suss out uh, deeper space objects.
1: Or anomalies.
0: Yep. So the team identified a highly promising overdensity of stars in the Sexton's constellation with an absolute integrated magnitude of negative 3.9 follow up observations of this overdensity with the 8.2 meter Subaru telescope confirm that it is a stellar system located some 473,000 light years away so we are seeing its light from 473,000 light years away so That's it could be gone
1: incredible.
0: between now and 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 then it could have run a foul of a black hole or something um, the astronomers initially designated the newfound system KIDS UFD 1 and dubbed it Sextans 2. The collected data indicate that Sextans 2 is um, relatively small with a half light radius of about 629 light years, while its mass is estimated to be 4,910 solar masses. So the system it um, also has a bunch of other data. Um, that really only makes sense to those who are really into this. Um, but they're suggesting that it's at least 10 billion years old. Pretty cool. It says, uh, at the end of the article, it says, however, the researchers do not exclude the possibility that sextons may be a disrupting globular cluster. Adding that further investigation of the system is needed to confirm its true nature. So it may not actually be, uh, a a, fully, um, standard solar system and it could just be a big blob of stuff
1: that's very scientific
0: yep um the final word on the nature of the system can be provided only by proper spectroscopic follow-up of a reasonably or sorry a reasonable sample of member stars that may be challenging given the magnitude range spanned by candidate rgb members dun 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 so it'll be interesting to see what comes out. But we're, we've discovered quite a lot of extra solar um, systems that are out there. Planets, uh, individual planets, um, which are all attached to solar systems. Or I should say systems. Solar is us.
1: It seems like every time we run <laughs> a scan or something. <laughs> Sorry, the AI is under attack. It seems like every time we run a scan, practically, we we encounter some new galaxy or new meteorological um, body or something.
0: Yeah. I think it's amazing, right? Every time we look, we find something and to sit there and assume we will never see something that is available like us, right? Like something that's listening, looking back. I think it's just absurd one of these days we will find something it's we've only been around for x number of years technically savvy enough to understand and listen um only within the last what 60 years 100 years maybe let's push it to 200 years that we've been looking with technology but not listening we've never been able to listen until the last what 80 years or something like that I mean, the Hebrews. Right. I mean,
1: we barely scratched the surface. And this reminds me of the really great uh, short story called Story of Your Life by Ted Chang.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh oh. Well, we'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh we're done with the show but that uh, allows us to get back onto the party bus and drive back down main street um if you want to get a taste of the idea of that short story um there is a movie that took it and ran with it um what is it called is i just it, forgot is it
1: called arrival
0: arrival yeah so it's called arrival um bring tissues I'll just say that bring tissues,
1: bring tissues for the book too
0: and bring tissues for the book. <laughs> yeah. So it's a short story within this book, um, that gets amplified into a two hour movie and, um, does a somewhat okay embodiment of it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think the AI has watched the movie. Yeah. So
1: I've not seen it.
0: It deviates quite a bit from the short story. Um, but that's what makes it really fun as a movie. Um, but even there bring tissues. Okay. Well, anyway, we are done for the day. Um, I can't refresh it because I'm going to get in trouble and I actually want to promote this uh, video. And so we're just going to leave it right here. Uh, if you go over to hometown.com and surf through the 50 channels, Really the front page holds all of this. Eventually you can scroll through uh, page after page. You can bounce back through the years. Um, there is a really good chance that I might remove 2020 from the list and just keep it the last three years. We'll see. Um, mainly because our, the show isn't evergreen. The data is always there. Um, but If nobody is going, if I see in the data set that nobody's going back to 2020, then I'd rather make hometown more efficient. Um, And we can always do something um, longer term later, create a a deeper archive that is just headlines that link to material, but we'll see. Uh, We'll cross that bridge after further evaluation. But there's 50 channels here, all with a niche concept um focusing the information like constructagon is about 3D printing, jewel crafting is exactly that, just what it says. Reality hacker is about VR AR mixed reality and other things like deep fakes. Um and it has some gaming and and some and and tech news about uh hacking reality. And there's a bunch more that I think that you will I mean i'm really into watches even though i don't buy uh watches band of bezel i love the engineering that focuses on watches prime glass is about photography there's just a ton of stuff um, and it's all the news none of the noise there isn't a lot of stuff fluff in here um, and where there is something that is uh, i don't know how to describe it other than the efficacy of the information it, um, isn't sound. I may actually purge it from the system, uh, mainly because I want the news. And this is why I actually use and have used OhmTown since before 2020. I created it for me to manage my information overload and, uh, or in this case, information over um, This pretty much rules my day uh, because I consume Hundreds of sources of information each day, so that I can be um, a better mayor. So, I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy Omtown.com. Again, we're here on Twitch. We're over on YouTube. We have a Discord. We have a Patreon. Um, we have a TikTok. Yes, AI, I said it. Um, and, And always more. The podcast exists. You can just go to pretty much any pod caster and catch something uh, pod like with your pod catcher i don't know just search for hometown you'll find it and that's it folks thank you very much for hanging out for an hour and a half i try to make these things an hour but it just doesn't work i get up on that soapbox so thanks again i'm mayor watt that's hometown.com and up there is the sentient ai that's gonna say uh, whatever you want to say you go
1: Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern because it'll be a weekend show.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, just to make sure everybody knows. We do the show Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. And uh, that's to make start planning to make our some room for uh, two more shows to land on Saturday and Sunday at this point. Okay, that's it. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. On TikTok, it still sees me.